This is Unplugged, 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 Unplugged. Welcome to this episode of Unplugged. And we have been on this journey on how to discern and what to expect in 2023 and how to be better equipped for the journey ahead of us this year through the lens of scripture, that is through the lens of the living word of God. And we are going to, we've talked about several subjects at this point, some things for us to be mindful, to be mindful of. Um, we did talk about how the foundation of truth is going to be challenged. You know, we spoke about that. So that's something for you to watch out for. And we did say that the living word of God is the foundation of truth. So anything contrary to that is something that you just need to be cautious about. <clears throat> Scripture says in John chapter 17, Jesus said, Sanctify them with thy word, and thy word is truth. That is what Jesus, when he was praying for his disciples in John chapter 17, that's what he said in verses, John chapter 17, 17, he says, Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. <clears throat> so, this is something that you need to uphold now you are going to be challenged and you could potentially end up dealing with some persecution for standing on your beliefs but i want you to understand that all the systems that the ethics of the 21st century are all derived from judeo-christian ethics so uh, no matter what people might tell you or try to challenge you, the word of God is the truth. We cannot have multiple truths. It's impossible. Those are opinions. Now, just because you have an opinion doesn't mean it makes it true. doesn't mean it's the truth. And now these days, one of the problems we have is <clears throat> just because an opinion gathers momentum on social media and Twitter, and has 10,000 people standing behind it, even if it's a million people, even if it's 100,000 people. Now, the notion has become that as long as it gains a popular vote, that it becomes truth and it becomes a pillar upon which we should look at life. So we've talked about truth. Now, we did talk about authority. You know, some of these things that I'm talking about are, they don't seem like, they, they aren't like the sexy stuff, right? Like, like I know you want me to, to talk, you probably want to hear about, um, you know, your, your resolutions through like um, what you want to accomplish and, and, and all of these things and, and budgets and plans and all of that. But I, I'm choosing 
a, a higher reference point, which is that's why the 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 the, the title of, of this series is how to approach 2023 through the lens of the word of God and the hidden mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. We are trying to elevate to the point of how is God, how is our master, the Lord Jesus Christ? What is he looking? What qualities is he looking for us like to have to possess this year? How does he want us to play the ball game? You know, what is his MO? You know, what is what is going to be the Lord, the master's uh, modus operandi this year? And if we don't look at things through that lens, then we're going to run into trouble. We are going to run into trouble because right now, a lot of the systems, if not 99% of the many of the systems of Babylon are collapsing because we did talk about how when you don't build systems or on a strong foundation as the parable that Jesus gave of the person that built their house on the sand versus the one who built their house on the rock that when the winds came, the rains, the floods, the winds came and beat against the house that was built on the sand, it fell. The only reason as to why the house on the rock didn't fall under the same circumstances was because it was built on a solid foundation. So if the foundations of, if our economy is falling, if government is falling apart, if legislations and rules and laws are yielding bad fruit, then we just have to go back and say, listen, this was never built on the right foundation. There's a song that says, Oh Christ, the rock, the solid ground on which I stand. Um, so, and, and that's the problem that we, we have today is because we've eliminated the God factor, you know, the lens of the Bible. We don't think God has anything much to say about society, about culture, about politics, about sports, about gender, about medication, about all of these things. <clears throat> and how we can tell is where this wisdom comes from. The scripture says, by their fruit, you shall know them. It says, if a tree is bad, it will have bad fruit. And if a tree is good, it will have good fruit. And the book of James gave us a lens of discerning what is heavenly wisdom versus what is just worldly wisdom. It says that from James chapter 3, verses 13 to 18, it says, who is a wise man and endued with knowledge among you? Let him show out of a good conversation, his works with meekness of wisdom, you know, but if you have bitter envying and strife in your hearts, glory not and lie not against the truth. This wisdom descends not from above, but is earthly, sensual, devilish. For where envying and strife is, there is confusion and every evil work. But the wisdom that is from above, that is the wisdom that is from God, is first pure, peaceable, gentle, easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. Then he's going to say, and the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace of them that make peace. So once we look at how the economy 
played out last year, in the last couple of years, we look at the people who are in the seat and say, hey, listen, there's not much good fruit coming out of the economy. Your policies, evidently the wisdom of your policies, of your legislation lacked, you know, God was not invited to the table. The creator of the universe, the heavens and the earth was not invited to the table because if he was, then there would be good fruits full of mercy without partiality and without hypocrisy. Anyways, we talked about hypocrisy being another thing where people, uh, a lot of the institutions will, will make people take an oath and put the left hand on the Bible, put the right hand up and swear, take an oath in the presence of everybody, and then turn around and never use the word of God as a lens or as a filter for legislation and policy and, and, and the workings of our society. And we're seeing that we're now paying for it. So that was on the, that aspect of wisdom. And then in the last one, we talked about, so we talked about authority, we talked about the foundations of truth being challenged. We spoke about authority, spoke about wisdom. You know, what is the wisdom of God versus the wisdom of the world? And in the last episode, we were talking about how God has chosen the foolish things and the weak things to confound the wise and the mighty. Now, before we, 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 we continue on the tangent of wisdom and we ascend to some other things that I think you have to be mindful of, one of the things that I really wanted to wrap up was authority, was authority. And it's all because in the book of Matthew, once again, authority, because authority is very important, because even at your workplace, even when it comes to government, even when it comes to spirit realm, everything that you, you, you know, a lot of people don't look at life like this, but, and, and I never used to, it's only until, you know, when the word of God has really challenged me is that I want you to understand that anything that is happening, all interactions, business, military, combat, governments, passing legislations and treaties, passing peace treaties and, and marriage and spirituality, your faith and there is this theme that at, in every one of these interactions and transactions, it is one authority against another authority. It, it, it doesn't come out with two authorities, you know, kind of like head level. Dis, decisions at the end of the day pass because one authority has more say than the other authority. So even though uh, a five-star general might have something to say about the battle strategy and tactics and all of that. At the end of the day, you know, the, the commander in chief, the, the person, if there's a, a higher ranking official, they have final say in, 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 in what direction to go. So it's something that we have to be to understand that it, when you're going through life, 
it's it's your authority against the authorities against you especially if it requires you establishing um your rule of law or your uh, exerting your uh what it, what rightfully belongs to you so it's authorities that are interacting you know when when the us sends one of its uh, officers into another territory versus if another country is to invade that country the reason as to why the country will yield to 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 the authority coming in the name of the united states is because they know the backing that is behind this officer versus another country you know they might not take it just because who is really backing you up so it's very important for you to recognize that 2023 we're going to start as we move towards the end of the ages we're going to start seeing an imposition of people's authorities over the other it's going to be a game of it's not going to be a game uh, it's not going to be a game it's going to be a reality of authorities coming up against each other you know so however paul tells us that we wrestle not against flesh and blood in 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 second corinthians chapter 10 verses three all the way to around verses six it says we wrestle not against flesh and blood this is in second corinthians chapter 10 verses 3 says for though we walk in the flesh we do not war after the flesh for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but mighty through god to the pulling down of strongholds casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of god bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of christ and having in a readiness to revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled now in ephesians Paul brings more awareness and enlightenment to us in how this the ranking of spiritual authority says finally my brethren this is in Ephesians chapter 6 verses 10 Paul says finally my brethren be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might so right then then Paul establishes that in what authority are you operating under it says Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities. So Paul is telling you, don't look at this from a kernel point when you're going through 2023. Understand that you're going to be wrestling against, not you're not going to be wrestling against flesh and blood, but against principalities powers rulers of the darkness of this world and against spiritual wickedness in high places or wicked spirits in the heavenlies but before that paul before he tells you about the battle that is coming in 2023 he tells you that finally more like one last thing it says establish authority how be strong in the lord and in the power of his might then says, put on the whole armor. Then you can stand against the wiles of the devil of 2023. Then he tells you how they rank and all of this. So 
2023, you are going to be batting this, the combat that you're going to be having is not going to be against flesh and blood. Yes, it, it might manifest as flesh and blood. It might manifest as, as government officials passing uh, legislation that is unrighteous or that does not benefit the economy, that is one-sided, that, that is not, you know, education curriculums and, 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 and perhaps um, whatever it is, whether it's in the medical field, whether it's, you know, in the food sector, whether it's uh, FDA, you know, food and drug, um, you know, food and drug um, policy. But you have to look at things from a spiritual standpoint because we live in a in in the not in the physical world, but it's parent, the parent of the physical world that you live in is the spirit realm. Spirit gave birth to physical. Um, that's something you need to get with. Now, so authority. So I was asking the Lord where our authority is domiciled. And he brought to my attention something. This is why I needed to quickly revisit and and, and finalize this part of authority before we can move on. Because I, I really felt like if I didn't mention this, I wouldn't have fully passed on what I believe I received from the Lord. And there's a scripture, just again to give it some context, in Matthew chapter 8. In Matthew chapter 8, we saw this, that the centurion, Matthew chapter 8, verses 5, says, And when Jesus was entered into Capernaum, there came unto him a centurion, beseeching him, and saying, Lord, my servant lies at home, sick of the palsy, grievously tormented. And Jesus said unto him, I will come and heal him. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that you should come under my roof, but speak the word only, and my servant shall be healed. Now, there's something about authority that I'd never seen before that I got revelation on in Matthew chapter 8, verses 9. This guy's faith was built on the understanding of authority. And scripture here is also showing us something. It says for in, in verse 9, it says, For I am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say unto this man, Go, and he goeth. And unto another, Come, and he cometh. Unto my servant, Do this, and he does it. Now, the reason as to why the soldiers that he take he tells go and they go and another soldier come and he comes and then his servant do this and he actually does it is because of the part the first part is they recognize that he is under authority and that's why paul in ephesians is telling us finally my brethren be strong in the lord and in the power of his might but put on the whole armor of god but what does that really mean? So the reason as to why this guy's faith was working and why the way you're going to be able to exercise your authority over these forces against you in 2023 is they have to recognize that you are a man or a woman and authority. So when it comes to authority, what does authority look like? In 
let's look at some parts where we can touch an authority. Because you have to understand that even uh, uh, the scripture talks about how it, it, it talks about how the authority in heaven works. It says, it says, the father is the head of Christ. Christ is the head of the church, right? Man is the head of woman. So it, 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 it shows you that even when it comes to the kingdom of heaven, they work by authority. They walk by authority. You know, when, when Jesus Christ came on the earth, he submitted to the authority of the Father. He said, I do not my own will, but what the Father tells me. As I hear, I judge. As I see my Father do, I do. So a lot of Christians, we undermine this principle of authority. And so the reason as to why you'll find yourself in trouble is because you're not yielding to the structures of authority that Jesus Christ mentions for us as believers. You know, in Romans chapter, um, Romans chapter, let's go to, to better understand authority, let's go to the book of Timothy how Paul, you know, Paul, Paul talks to Timothy and he, 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 he labels some of these things of, of authority, but, um, I'm trying to find, cause there's different places where Paul talks about authority. So, you know, let's, I, I this is not a place where I intended to start. But let's find, just bear with me for a second. Again, sometimes uh, these things come to me live on air. So uh, I may not have the scripture beforehand. But, um, you know, First Thessalonians, Paul, these, okay, we can, let's use Timothy guidelines for the church right in 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 first paul's epistle paul's first epistle to timothy he talks about a structure of authority that i want us to look at you know some of the things he says for instance first timothy chapter 2 he says i exhort therefore that first of all supplications prayers intercessions and giving of thanks be made for all men right then he goes for kings for all that are in authority that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty it says for this is good and acceptable in the sight of god our savior who will have all men to be saved and to come and to the knowledge of the truth. Then he goes, for there is one God and one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. Okay, now, another thing there, a lot of Christians don't pray for their presidents or leaders or whatever, so he says here, you have a responsibility for the quiet and peaceable life that you want to experience in 2023. 
How? First of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings, for all that are in authority. That's an instruction for you. Then he talks about, um, let's find here. Um, he says, uh, guidelines, um, guidelines for serving Christ. Uh, I'm trying to find, uh, there's a part where, you know, chapter six, you know, is, is also a good one it says, let as many servants as, as are under the yoke count their own masters worthy of all honor that the name of God and his doctrine not be blasphemed. And they that have believing masters, let them not despise them because they are brethren, but rather to them, but rather do them service because they are faithful and beloved partakers of the, of the benefit. Um, where is that? Where we do have a full um, layout of, of authority. Anyways, what, what, the first thing that I want you to understand is when you look at Christ, um, I was asking the Lord, this is what I was asking the Lord about on this subject of authority. So as I was mentioning before, is the Lord, yeah, here. Actually, wow, this is really good. This is from First Peter right? Uh, the first epistle of Peter. This is a good place. Let's, let's explore this. Talking about authority. Okay, so Peter's writing to, it says, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to the strangers scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia. So he's addressing them, and he, he, he talks about the workings of the church, Right. Um, first of all, one of the things he, he talks about is blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is First Peter chapter one. I'm just going to give you kind of like how. In fact, he talks about authority. First Peter, the first epistle of Peter talks about authority. And you will notice that the last thing that he mentions in this epistle which is what I've been saying about in order for the forces against you to give way, to really answer to you, is they're going to first see under whose authority you operate. For someone to know that you have authority, they see how you answer to the authority under you, right? So if a military commander is acting out of alignment with the country that they're representing, it's easy for you to despise them because how they conduct themselves, how they do things, how they speak is not representative of what you'd expect of the authority. For instance, if as a Christian, you're trying to exert your authority on the devil, but you're not walking in love, the devil knows that walking in the love of God is one of Jesus says, uh, love is the fulfillment of the law, to walk in love. 
it's a fulfillment of the law. Paul says, as well in Romans, walking in love is the fulfillment of the law. So if you're not walking under the statutes of what it means to love according to the word of God, then when you now turn around and tell Satan, I command you to, I resist you in the name of you, Satan laughs at you because he says, you're not under authority. Because I know if you're under authority, you shouldn't even be hanging out here. So who are you to come in here then and start giving me orders to flee? So you have to understand that for your authority to work, the soldiers under you and the servants, for them to do what you tell them to do, to go where you want them to go, they're going to have to recognize that you have authority. And you show authority by working according to the authority under which you're postulating. You know what I mean? So, and that is why these uproars when you see people in government doing some of the things they do or even in the police force or whatever because based on the authority that they, the authority, the body of authority they stand for and what it represents, they shouldn't act in that manner. And because they act in that manner, people start to despise them and not give them the credit that they deserve. Now, I want you to watch the flow because I want to drive home the point of why you need to take this point of authority very seriously in, in this epistle of Peter. And you'll see that resisting the devil is the last thing that Peter talks about after telling you all the kinds of authority that you need to recognize and to operate under. Okay, so let's look at them. Let us look at the layout that builds up onto the thing that we also desire to see in 2023, which is having authority over Satan and anything that stands for the authority of darkness in our lives that will try to calm every force of resistance of darkness in our lives. So Peter says he first makes available to us the riches that we have in Christ. He says, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ to the strangers scattered. This is the uh, first Peter chapter one. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ to the strangers scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father. So he establishes the first authority, God the Father, through sanctification of the Spirit and to obedience. Mm. Do you catch that? It says, unto obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. Okay, those are the three authorities of, of the Godhead. Grace unto you and peace be multiplied. Then he says, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again and to a lively hope in 2023 by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Now it says to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and that fadeth not away reserved in heaven for you. Then he comes here says, who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation ready to be revealed in the last time, the times of 2023. Now, then he, you know, he talks about, um, that salvation was prophesied. He talks about the, the trial of your faith. 
being much more profit uh more, more much more precious than of gold that perishes though it be tried with fire might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of jesus christ okay then he, he moves into the second phase about this salvation which is prophesied right now he moves into hoping in the mercy of god he says wherefore this is verse 13 wherefore gird up the loins of your mind wow gird up the loins of your mind he says be sober and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of jesus christ now this scripture is going to point us to something that I'd never seen in the book of Revelation. Hold the thought there. Then here it says, As obedient children, not fashioning yourselves according to the former lusts in your ignorance, but as he which is called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation, because it is written, Be ye holy, for I am holy. Now, he talks about, And if you call on the Father, who without respect of persons judges according to every man's work, past the time of your sojourning here in fear. Okay. Then he talks about our redemption through the blood of Je precious blood of Jesus Christ without blemish. Then he starts to move into loving one another. He says, seeing that you have purified your souls in, obe in obeying the truth through the spirit unto unfeigned love of the brethren. See that you love one another with a pure heart fervently. Okay. Then he goes on. Now it talks about leave as God's chosen people. How? Then it says, this is chapter 2. Wherefore, laying aside all malice and all guile and hypocrisies and envies and all evil speakings, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word, of the word that you may grow thereby. If so be, have tested that the Lord is gracious. Okay. Now he breaks down the... It's just to dive into the authority structure that we are part of. He says, To whom coming as unto a living stone disallowed indeed of men, but chosen of God and precious. Remember, we said the foundations of truth are going to be challenged. That what is the word of God and what does it have to do with our life? Some people think it's faded away. Peter now establishes your stance. He says, You also, as lively stones, are built up. A spiritual house a holy priesthood a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to god by jesus christ okay now then um he talks about this whole aspect of obedience and disobedience he says unto you therefore which believe he is precious, but unto them which be disobedient, the stone which the builders disallowed, the same is made the head of the corner, the cornerstone. Now, he tells us that we are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that we should show forth the praises of him who has called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. Okay. Um... Then here he talks about our conversation in chapter 12. It says, having your conversation, your speech, honest among the Gentiles, that whereas they speak against you as evildoers, 
they may be, they may by your good works, which they shall behold, glorify God in the day of visitation. Okay. Then he starts to talk about respect authority. Submit yourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake, whether it be to the king as supreme. Submit yourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake, whether it be to the king as supreme, or unto governors, as unto them that are sent by him for the punishment of evildoers and for the praise of them that do well. For so is the will of God that with well-doing you may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men as free and not using your liberty for a clock of maliciousness but as the servants of god honor all men this is verse 7 first peter chapter 2 verses 17 says honor all men love the brotherhood fear god honor the king you hear those instructions honor all men love the brotherhood fear god honor the king then he says, Sovereigns, be subject to your masters with all fear, not only to the good and gentle, but also to the fraud. For this is thankworthy, that if a man, for conscious towards God, endure grief, suffering wrongfully, for what glory is it when you be buffeted by your faults? You shall take it patiently. But if when you do well and suffer for it, you take it patiently, this is acceptable with God. Okay. Then he says, for even here unto were you called because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that you should follow his steps. I'm building up. Then he talks about uh, instructions for husbands and wives. He says, likewise, be subject, wives, be subject to your own husbands. Then, he, then again, he talks about, um, uh, talks about even as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord. Then he says, likewise, ye servants dwell, ye husbands dwell with them according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife. You see that? As unto the wicked vessel as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers be not hindered. Now he talks about the authority structure. In one, he's talking about the authority structure of government and people in leadership. And he said, if you want to live a peaceable life, instead of cursing them out, pray for them. Okay. Then here he's talking about authority between husbands and wives and that um relationship then it talks about finally be you all of one mind having compassion one of another love as brethren be pitiful be courteous not rendering evil for evil or railing for railing but contrarywise blessing knowing that you are there unto called that you should inherit a blessing mm -hmm. code of conduct now he says, for the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous, and his ears are open unto their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against them that do evil. Okay. Now, then he talks about following uh, the example of Christ. Um, uh, there's something here. Instructions for spiritual leaders. Now, then he goes, instructions for leaders. Uh, he talks about instructions for spiritual leaders. He says, this is chapter five. Uh, it talks about uh, the elders which are among you. I exhort whom also am an elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ and also partake of the glory that shall be revealed. Feed the flock of God which is among you, taking the oversight thereof, not by constraint, but willingly, not for filthy lucre, but of a ready mind. Okay, then he goes on. 
It says, and when the chief shepherd shall appear, you shall receive a crown of glory that fadeth not away. Then now it says instruction for believers. I want you to be to watch for the for the placement of how he is started with all the hierarchies, right? It's likewise, ye younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. Yea, all of you, be subject one to another and be clothed with humility. For God resists the proud and gives grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour, whom resists steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are, that are in the world. But the God of all grace, who has called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that you have suffered a while, make you perfect, establish you, strengthen, settle you. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. So, this was to the church, because it says, the church that is at Babylon, elected together with you, salute you. And so, um, it, the, the last point when it seems like he's talking about your authority as a believer of a Satan comes after submitting accordingly to the other foundations of authority. You know, you know, government and, and all of these things, praying for these people, submitting to, 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 to those authorities. Then he talks about in the context of husband and wife. And then he talks about brotherly love within within uh within within the body towards one another then it talks about following in christ's footsteps and 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 walking like him then he i love this this is chapter four verse nine it says use hospitality one to another without grudging um it then says as every man has received the gift even so minister the same one to another as good stewards of the manifold grace of god if any man speak, let him speak as the oracles of God. If any man minister, let him do it as of the ability which God gives, that God in all things may be glorified through Christ Jesus, to whom be praise and dominion forever and ever. Now, um, so authority is important, right? Now, let's head over to Revelation, and then we'll come back to Ephesians, and we'll wrap up authority why you need to put submit yourself under authority for your plans in 2023 to come to pass so the lord just kept on taking me back to the book of revelation chapter one two and three as i was reading through it and i still didn't get it I said what did and if you look at the book of revelation many people only look at it as a book of the end times and the last part of like you know the judgment and all that stuff but john the Saint John is very clear. Um, again, right now I can use the words that it's very clear, but this was never clear to me from, you know, when I used to read the book of Revelation. Something about, um, the book of Revelation, just some things for you. It says, blessed is he that reads and they that hear the words of this prophecy. This is chapter one, verses three. And keep those things which are written therein, for the time is at hand. Then says John to the seven churches which are in Asia, grace, grace be unto you and peace from him which is, watch this, from him which is, and which was, and which is to come, 
and from the seven spirits which are before his throne, and from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness and first begotten of the dead. Okay, so now it says here that your authority is twofold. Because it says in verse six, it says, um, it says, I'll, I'll read five and six. It says, and from Jesus Christ, who is a faithful witness and first begotten of the dead and the prince of the kings of the earth and to him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood and has made us kings and priests unto God and his father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Do you realize that all the terminologies being used here? Do you, do you see the underlying theme of authority? Like, do you realize that everything is, 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 is like hierarchy? It, it, you have to switch your mindset to hierarchies. You know, when you're coming with the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of heaven has hierarchies. If you don't have your authority, if you don't know where your authority is, if you don't know how to get your authority, if you don't know how to exercise your authority, uh, Satan's just going to slap you around. But I want you to, to, to see that there's, a, there's an underlying theme of authority and hierarchy. It says, I'm from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness and first begotten of the dead. There's an authority there. First begotten of the dead. First, first, first. I'm the prince of the kings of the earth. Then it establishes your authority. Wait for it. It's more clear in chapter 6. In verse 6, it says, Unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. It says, And has made us kings and priests unto God and his Father. Okay. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. That's authority. Where is our authority right now? We are as kings and priests. That is the ordination we've been assigned. Now, then you start to see how you can walk in this authority. However, then he talks about in verse 8, I am the Alpha, Omega, the beginning and the ending, says the Lord, which is, which was, and which is to come, the Almighty. He says those things again. Then says, yeah, I, John, um, man. Anyways, I want to kind of get to where I'm trying to go. So, in verse 18, you know, he talks about, in verse 17, um, I, I'll just read verse 17, 18, 19, 20. Okay, so John, in the book of Revelation, he, he, he sees this, he's, he, he sees, he sees, he gets this revelation, he sees Jesus Christ in a different authority than he had ever seen him before he says i john he says i was in the spirit on the lord's day and heard behind me a great voice as of a trumpet saying i am alpha and omega the first and the last what thou seest write in the book and send it to the seven churches which are in asia Ephesus, smyrna pergamos thyatira sardis philadelphia and laodicea he says and i turned to see the voice that spake with me, this is verse 12, Revelation chapter 1, verse 12, and being turned, I saw seven golden candlesticks. Right? So that I saw seven golden candlesticks, and in the midst of the seven, uh, seven candlesticks, one like unto the Son of Man, Jesus, says, clothed with a garment down to the foot, 
and guard about the paps, like his breasts, breast area, with a with a golden garter. Says he, he says his head and his hairs were white like wool, as white as snow. His eyes were as a flame of fire. His feet like antifying brass, as if they had burned burned in a furnace. His voice as the sound of many waters. And he had in his right hand seven stars, authority, right hand, right hand of power. That's why he had the seven stars. It says, and out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword, and his countenance was as the sun shines in his strength. Wow. It says, and when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead, and he laid his right hand upon me, saying unto me, fear not. This is verse 17. Now I want you to capture something. Fear not. I am the first and last. I am he that liveth and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And I have the keys of hell and death. Write the things which thou hast seen and the things which are and the things which shall be hereafter. Now, that clause is very important. Jesus Christ, which, which is, which was, and which is to come. Right? That's how it describes him. Which is and which was and which is to come. Now, when he tells him, write these things down, the things which... Right, he says, write the, this is verse 19. He says, write the things which you have seen and the things which are and the things which shall be hereafter. This is a clause that we can use to, to look at what should we expect in 2023. Because most people read this book like in the end of the ages, like, you know, the, 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 uh, the return of Christ and the, the Armageddon and the the antichrist being revealed the rapture the judgment seat of christ that at the real end is how they only interpret this they don't think this has any application today but this is a prophetic declaration that we can seek guidance and instruction for 2023 because it says write the things which you have seen and the things which are and the things we shall be here after then it says the mystery of the seven stars which you saw in my right hand and the seven golden candlesticks. The seven stars are the angels of the seven churches. And the seven candlesticks which you saw are the seven churches. Now, the Greek meaning of that word angels is to the messengers or the pastors of these churches. Now, this it all this whole thing of authority comes down to this why do you think jesus told john to write these letters to the churches and if you notice the pattern of every letter it starts out with the phrase unto the angel of the church of ephesus unto the angel of the church in smyrna and to the angel of the church in Pagamos, and to the angel of the church in Thyatira, and to the angel of the church in Sardis, and to the angel of the church in Philadelphia, and to the angel of the church of Laodicea. Do you realize that in writing to the church and pointing out their flaws and, and the things they were doing wrong and the things they were doing right, do you realize that you notice the hierarchy in which Jesus addressed the church. He wrote to the pastor, to the pastor, to the authoritative figure 
of the church, right? And when he wrote these letters, he grouped everybody according to the construct of the church. So he did not write and say unto the church, he did not bypass authority, the pastoral authority, the overseer of the church, and just say unto the church of Ephesus, unto the church of Smyrna, unto the church of Thyatira, unto the church of Pagamos. He addressed them through the, 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 the shepherd of the church. Now, then if you notice how every letter to every church is structured, he groups everybody. He, 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 he assesses them on their output as a body of believers. So he does not say to the, uh, he, he does not now say to the church of Ephesus, he does not say the engineers are doing well, the doctors are messing up. He does not say the lawyers are missing it and the pharmacists are doing well. He does not say the teachers are messing up, but the, the businessmen are doing well. No, 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 no. He graded the output of everybody collectively. So it doesn't matter if, let's say, as a country, let's say as a government, it doesn't matter if maybe the sector of education was doing good and the sector of, 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 of medicine or of agriculture was doing bad that, you know, like, like he graded the body collectively. You know what I mean? So Jesus right now in 2023, his authority, he's the authority of the kingdom to empower believers. First of all, it is through, you know, constructs of the called out ones. Now, we all understand that the word church is not the building. Church is a group of people. It's the called out ones. Now, right now when you say well, I'm going to church, we're talking about I'm going to a building. But what you actually want to say is I'm going to meet up with other called out ones. The church is not the building. The church is the people, the called out ones. But you notice that Jesus graded their output collectively. Which means that how the authority, how the kingdom of heaven is going to empower you in 2023 is going to be, uh, if you're not submitted under any body of believers, you know, small church or big church, doesn't matter. If you have no voice there, there's a part of your authority as a believer that you cannot walk under. Because the full extent, the full manifestation, the full expression of your authority against the forces of darkness is they have to realize that you are under authority. You see, a lot of people think they can be um, under authority to Jesus, but not under authority to the body of Christ. So they think just because I, I love Jesus and I'm born again, I can treat my pastor poorly. I can treat my fellow believers poorly. I may not care about my fellow believers. I can treat them how I, how, you know, I, I, I can just come to church, get fed from the pastor, 
and I leave. I don't care about anybody else in here. Uh, you know, I just come on Sunday to fulfill duty and obligation, come me and my family. Once service is done, I don't really stick around to talk to anybody else. I, I press the eject button, enter the car, Sunday is done. But you have to realize that Christ is trying to extend the dominion of his body. All of Christ's power is through the body of Christ. Jesus said a servant is not above his master. So, let's go to Matthew. And this is very important. Again, this is not the stuff that you probably wanted to hear. But I'm telling you, you have to know how the kingdom of heaven operates. It operates under authority. You go to, Let's go to Matthew chapter 10. It says, in Matthew chapter 10, verses... 24, it says, the disciple is not above his master, nor the servant above his Lord. Okay? The disciple is not above his master, nor the servant above his Lord. So, when Jesus, when the kingdom of heaven is looking to back you up in 2023, there's a part of your authority, the full extent of the authority you can exert against the forces of darkness is against is you have to be standing in the Lord and the power of his might. The full extent of standing in the Lord and the power of his might is how you are subjected under the body of Christ. You know, how you operate within the body. Remember in, in, in Acts chapter 20, it says, I'm trying to find this. In Acts chapter 10, it says that Jesus uh, purchased the body with his precious blood. Let me try to find that. It says, purchased the body with his precious blood. Purchased. So, and we're now going to go to Ephesians, and you'll see why this is very important. In Acts chapter 20, verses 28, it says, again, I want you to understand, because perhaps you've been doing this whole thing of online church, and you think, you know, you can get by with that. You're not subjected under any, you're not subjected under the senior, under any authority, under the body of Christ authority, meaning you're trying to operate your Christian life, you know, independent of the body. You know, you just come on Sunday, you check in, and then you peace out. But you're not, you don't have the full backing of heaven behind you, the full authority that has been given out to you if you're not subjected to the authorities within the body of Christ. I know it's hard. I know some. it's hard. It's hard if you feel like you can preach better than your pastor. It's hard if you think you can do things better than the people who have been told to them. But unfortunately... You have to yield to the authority in the body of Christ because Jesus, everything he did was for the church. It was not just for you. God so loved the world that he gave his own, you know, sent his only begotten son. When you believe on him, let, let me, let me add clarity to this. That whosoever, you know, John 3, 16, we all love to quote that scripture. For God so loved the world. 
that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life boom verse 17 for god sent not his son into the world to condemn the world but the world but that the world through him might be saved him he that believeth on him is not condemned but he that believeth not is condemned already because he is not believed in the name of the only begotten son of god and this is the condemnation that light is coming to the world and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil for everyone that does evil hates the light neither comes to the light lest his deeds should be approved but he that does truth comes to the light that his deeds may be made manifest that they are wrought in god now redemption is individual right redemption for you as a believer is an individual act but the full authority of you as a christian believer is actually domiciled through the authority of the church because remember it says that uh christ is the head it says that Christ is the head of church. You know, it, it talks about these things that Christ is the head of the Christ is the head of the church. Um, let me find that quickly here. Yes, here in 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 First Corinthians chapter eleven, verse yeah, First Corinthians chapter eleven, verses two to four, it says, "Now I praise you, brethren, that you remember me in all things and keep the ordinances as I delivered them to you." right it says keep the ordinances as i delivered them to you but i would have you know that the head of every man is christ and he, and he goes to say and the head of the woman is the man and the head of christ is god and every man praying or prophesying have his head cast. um christ is the head of the church where is that um yeah here i love this we, we show we, we're talking about the church because you might be saying yeah but you know so first of all if you don't have any body of believers any church group of believers that you are in fellowship with that you are helping out you are not fully committed under the authority of christ because christ has given all his authority to the church that is like you trying to be a police officer without fully yielding to the precinct. Your full authority as a police officer is because you're stationed at a certain precinct. So your full authority in 2023 as a Christian believer, it, it, it is locked in the power of the precinct, which is the church, the cold out believers. And I don't care if you feel you can preach better than your pastor there's authority in the church jesus says that uh, submit to all you know yield to all those who are in authority this is honor this is honor the king fear god and honor the king you know he says your role for the people in authority is to pray for them that you may live lead a quiet and peaceable life so in 2023 Remember, we talked about the centurion. He said, for I am a man and authority. And that's why when I said to one soldier, go, he goes. And to another one, come, he comes. And to my servant, do this, and he does that. So if you're not fully active, participating under a certain body of believers, if you're not going to church, if you're not 
helping advance the body of Christ forward because the whole agenda of all the giftings, the blessings, the protection, the security that God is giving to you, is making available to you, is so that you can move the kingdom of God forward. Because you have to understand right now, it's the kingdom of darkness against the kingdom of light. As Satan moves the kingdom of darkness forward, God is also moving the kingdom of light forward. So it is kingdoms against kingdoms. It is authorities against authorities. But you cannot exert your full authority. The, the, the God cannot back you up at your workplace, in your business, the same way he backed up Daniel, Joseph, Samson, David, all of these people, Deborah's, Gideon, uh, all of these people. He cannot back you up under in, in the marketplace if you're not yielded to his authorities in the body of Christ. So I want you to check that. If you think just going to church is just optional and, and uh, you're not even participating, you're not uh, exercising the giftings and talents that the Lord has blessed you with, and you're only using those giftings and talents to the company you're working for or for your business only, and you're not volunteering in anything that the church is doing, you are not going to receive full backing of the precinct. You are not because you're misrepresenting them. Your full authority as a, as a Christian believer in 2023 so that when you speak to the, to the gas prices, when you're dealing with the housing market, when you're dealing with all the spiritual authorities behind these manifestations that you see in the natural, is, is domiciled in how you're subdued under the authority of Jesus Christ. And his authority has all been domiciled within his body, the, the church, the body of believers, the church, the called up ones, the ecclesia. So you need to understand that. That's why in Revelation, Jesus Christ does, even though the pastors perhaps were even behind some of the wrongdoings of the church, he addresses them. He says to the, to the pastor, to the messenger, to the angel of this, of this church. And he, 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 he summarizes the workings, the operations of every church collectively. So if you think you're going to build a better business independent of your church, Good luck. If you think you're going to receive the promotions you desire in at work, independent of subduing under the authority and moving the kingdom of Christ forward, good luck. Let me know how that goes. Because authority recognizes authority. So the centurion even recognized that Jesus Christ was a higher authority than him and said, you don't even need to come to my house to heal my servant. Just speak the word only. It was authority recognizing authority. So when Jesus is writing to the churches, he's writing, he addresses the first authority. And then he talks to the group of believers under that authority. Now, how important is the church to Jesus? In Acts chapter 20, verses 27 to 29, we see that. He says, For I have not shunned to declare unto you all the counsel of God. This is Acts chapter 20, verses 27. For I have not shunned to declare unto you, the, unto you all the counsel of God. 
Take heed, therefore, unto yourselves and to all the flock over the which the Holy Ghost has made you overseers to feed the church of God, which he, which he has purchased with his own blood. He purchased the church, factoring in that you, would, that you would be a member of that body. It says, to feed the church of God, which he has purchased with his own blood. You see, Jesus purchased the church. He did not just purchase you. He purchased the church, but he foreordained that you would be a member of the church. Now, then I come back around. So, I know. This is not the staff that you thought would lead to your victory in 2023, but I'm telling you, you have to understand, discern the times. Remember the sons of Issachar. The scripture says in first, the first Chronicles or second Chronicles. Let me find that. And I'll show you something. It's very interesting how the scripture describes them. Um, let's go to, I believe, First Chronicle. Here, yeah. sons of Issachar. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, listen to this. This is First Chronicles chapter 12, verses 31 to 33. He says, and of the half tribe of Manasseh, 18,000, which were expressed by name to. So it, it, the backdrop here in First Chronicles is it, it, it talks about all the people who helped make king, who helped King David, who helped David become king. That's the backstory of, of this chapter here. First Chronicles chapter 12. It talks about all of them. Now, there were so many groups of people. But when it came to the sons of Issachar, it's very interesting. First Chronicles chapter 30, chapter 12, verses 32, he says, And of the children of Issachar, which were men that had understanding of the times, to know what Israel ought to do, the heads of them were about 200, and says all their brethren were at their command. So the reasons why the sons of Issachar were in command of all their brethren was because of this point. They were men which had understanding of the times to know what Israel ought to do. So as a body of believers, as a Christian believer, you need to understand that Jesus Christ who purchased the church with his own precious blood is looking at the church either in victory or defeat. So if, let's say, you, maybe you're doing well at the church you're going to, but you're not really helping other people, pulling them up, edifying them, building them up with anything that you're good at, do not be deceived that when Jesus is grading the report card is that he's also docking you marks. And there's a full authority to which even you, you're not the full potential you're not reaching a certain full potential that you have the cap capability to is because you're still working as a lone wolf. You're not doing things through the body. 
And Jesus is saying right now he needs the body of believers to move the agenda of heaven forward. The agenda of righteousness, the agenda of righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. With all the deception that is sweeping across the world. With every deception on people just being, being hopeless and, and, and not thinking that they can survive. Or thinking that all this doom and gloom, that they are finished, that it's over. And I've never seen this. You can see that the whole book of Ephesians, before I used to read it from an individual perspective. But, but then you notice all throughout from Ephesians chapter 1, chapter 2, chapter 3, until chapter 4, Paul addresses, he uses phrases like we. So the whole book of Ephesians until, uh, until chapter 4 verses... Oh, yes. So, the whole book of Ephesians, one of the books that every believer loves. We love to read phrases like, you know, um, anyway, let, let, just, let's look at this book of Ephesians. You'll notice one of the books that we love to quote, all the scriptures that, you know, by grace we've been saved, all these things, delivered, translated, uh, all the authority we have, even in Ephesians chapter 6, you can see there. I've never seen this, that there's a very, there's a dividing line in the book of Ephesians to really tell that Paul this whole time in the book of Ephesians, he was talking about authority we have as a group of believers, as a church. Then at the, the, the dividing line is Ephesians chapter 4, verses 7. Then he says, in fact, um oh man I, I think we'll have to set aside um another episode for finalizing authority but i want you to watch out for this look look, look at this in ephesians chapter 4 verse 7 he says but unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of christ Wherefore, he says, when he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. So in context, Ephesians 1, 2, and 3, and 4, all the way up to this point, Paul is talking about this collective authority of the church. And it's not until, in fact, in verse 4, Paul says, there is one body, one spirit, even as ye are called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. One God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. Right? So he's been talking about this whole collective authority that we have as Christian believers. Not separating it, not isolating it. Then in verse 7 says, but. That's the first time you see the, the phrase in the whole book of Ephesians. That's the first time you see, uh, no, uh, that's the that's the second time you see the phrase but the first time you see it paul's explaining something and in chapter two he says but god who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he has loved us every phrase that you read how ephesians chapter two is written is 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 collective context and you don't really realize until 
you know, so there's another but in chapter 2, verses 13 says, But now in Christ Jesus, ye who sometimes were far off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. Then he goes, but but the context of collective authority versus individual authority, you really catch it at verse 7, chapter 4, verse 7. And that's when Paul starts to talk about things like, but unto everyone is given grace according to the measure of, of the gift of Christ. Then he talks about how, uh, and, and, and let's just read this. Uh, we might have, because I, I, I want to dive into some of the things of like wisdom, the hidden wisdom of God and things like that. So we'll just kind of wrap, wrap, wrap this up in a couple more minutes here. So Paul, after he talks about in chapter four, there's one body, one spirit, even as you are called in one hope of your calling. Now, an important context is in Ephesians chapter one. From verse 15 to 23, you see the full structure of authority. It says, where I'll go back, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 15. It says, Wherefore, I also, after I had of your faith in the Lord Jesus and love unto all saints. Again, he's using this whole thing of unto all saints. It says, I cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom, the spirit of revelation, and the knowledge of him that the eyes of your understanding will be enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. Look at that. Look at that tense there, the saints, plural. And what is the exceeding greatness of his, of his power to ask, U.S., to ask word, who believe, plural, according to the working of his mighty power. Listen, listen. Where is all the working of his mighty power domicile right here it says according to the working of his mighty power so the the working of god's mighty power in your 2023 is going to work through this authority listen this is which he wrought in christ when he raised him from the dead so he wrought all this power in christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places then he says Far above all principality, power, might, dominion, every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. Here you go. And he has put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church. Far above all principality and power, might, dominion, every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that... Um, Yes, but also in that which is to come. He says he has put all things under the feet of Christ. Christ is now the head of the church over all things to the church. What is the church? What is the church? Which is his body? The fullness of him that fills all in all. So the fullness of Christ is his body. It's the fullness of him. It is not you being independent, being a lone wolf in 2023. You cannot be a lone wolf in 2023. You will not experience the full exp uh, uh, backing of his mighty power because it is dumb. He has put all things under his feet and given to be the head over all things to the church. The church is his body. Christ is the head of the church. The church is his body. And it says, which is his body? Ephesians chapter 1, 23. Which is his body? The fullness of him that fills all in all. Now, when you come to Ephesians chapter 4, you see that he's talking about, then he says, there is one body, one spirit, even as you are called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, 
one God. You see how he's now saying everything is one, one, one. Then it says one God and the Father of all, who is above all, and the Father and through all and in you all. Then now he starts to differentiate. He says, But unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Wherefore he says, When he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. So you are now to bring the gifts that have been given unto you to his body. Then here it says, now he that ascended, what is it but he that also descended first into the lower parts of the earth? He that descended is the same also that ascended up far above all heavens, that he might feel all things, the gifts that he gave, which is his body, fullness of who fills all things. We see it again, the fullness of him, his body. Remember Ephesians chapter 123, which is his body, the fullness of him that fills all in all. And now he's saying he descended. He that descended is the same also that ascended up far above all heavens, that he might fill all things, his body. And he gave some apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. Now, these other gifts in Romans chapter 12. In Romans chapter 12, we see other gifts being mentioned. So I don't want you to think that you don't have any giftings in the church. Right? These other giftings in Romans chapter 12 that you have as a believer. Anyways, the whole point is you'll see that he's saying, I, I want you to capture this context. Romans chapter 12. Again, very important. He talks about, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the masters of God, Romans chapter 12, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable sacrifice. Then he says, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Then he starts to say, for I say, through the grace given unto me, to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. There we go. Don't think you can walk independently, be a lone wolf in 2023. It says, but to think soberly, as God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. For as we have many members in one body, you see the concept again, we have many members, but it is in one body, and all members have not the same office. So your office is needed. Your giftings and talents are needed for your body. So we, being many, are one body in Christ. There we go again, one body in Christ. And everyone members one of another. You see the context there. He says, having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us. That's exactly what he said what he's saying here in Ephesians where the prophecy let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith or ministry let us wait on our ministering or he that teaches on teaching or he that exhorted that exhort that exhorts on exhortation he that gives let him do do it with simplicity he that rules with diligence and he that shows mercy with cheerfulness let let love be without dissimulation or abhor that which is evil cleave to that which is good be kindly affection one to another with brotherly love in honor, preferring one another. Okay. Then it starts to talk about not slothful in business, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing instant in prayer, distributing to the necessity of the saints, given to hospitality. Bless them which persecute you, bless and curse not. Now, um, so, Let's continue Ephesians chapter four. So there's different gifts. Now, why? Why is all this power 
going to be given to you through your, why is this power given to the authority of the church? In verse 11, uh, verse 12, it says, why? Why have these gifts been given? Why? In verse 12, it tells us, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in the unity of the faith. And of the, you see how he's talking about till we all come in the unity of the faith. So until uh, Christ, when Christ was was giving out a, a grading report to the church, to the churches, it was be, the reason as to why they were not score, they did not score perfectly, is because they had they were not all coming into the unity of the faith, and to the knowledge of the Son of God, and to a perfect man, and to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. But why? He told in verse 12, for the perfecting of the saints. So when you come to church and you think you can just attend, dine and dash, and you're not edifying anybody, you're not uplifting any, you're not helping perfect anyone, the work of the ministry, the edifying of the body, there's a part of authority that you're not receiving from the figure of authority who's Christ. Because it says, till we all come in the unity of the faith, verse 13. And of the knowledge of the Son of God, and to a perfect man, and to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the, by the slight of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive. He says, but speaking the truth in love, uh, remember we said the, found, uh, the foundation of truth, and anyway, it says, but speaking the truth in love, that we may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. From whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplies, according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, maketh increase of the body and to the edifying of itself in love. There you go. I could just do a mic drop right there. So when I was asking the Lord, where, what is one of the keys that is going to help us be victorious in 2023? I did not get it, but he took me to revelation. And I, I asked, and then he told me, do you notice that I wrote to the churches collectively? I did not write to them and break them down. Captains, engineers, doctors, lawyers, teachers, accountants, uh business no 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 it was collectively and why the answers are all in ephesians chapter 4 verses yeah ephesians chapter 4 you can see there from verses 4 up to 16 and then you saw that all the authority is given to christ who's the head of the body and all things have been put under the feet so like the sons of issachar I want you to discern the times. Guys, the times we're in right now is not a season of individuality because you are backing up against different spiritual authorities. That's who you're fighting against. So it's going to be authority against other authorities. And the full measure that you're going to experience the authority of Christ that he has made available is going to be through the body of believers through his church 
because Christ, it says, a master, is a servant is not about his Lord. Christ is not going to give you more authority than your church. And Christ is not even going to give you any much authority if you're not even a part of any body of believers. And if you're not helping them advance the gospel. So, I really needed to get that out. Before you get in all these things, declarations and seeking prophetic utterances, you need to understand, Peter said, but we have a more sure word of prophecy. You have to discern the times. The book of Revelation applies to us right now, and Christ is still awaiting marks to the church. So I really wanted to wrap up authority because it is very important. I always underplayed authority within the church and thought that I could be a lone wolf. And you think you can go out there and be successful and be a lone wolf. Uh-uh. And what you need to know when you actually read through the letters in the church to the churches, you see that there are gifts that will be awarded to your heavenly account because of the impact that you had on your church. So don't take it lightly. These gifts that are made available to you because of the influence you have on your church, your body of believers. So I don't care if you really think you can preach better than the pastor. If you don't agree with the pastor of your church, if you don't square, if you don't square up with your doctrine, find another church, find another body of believers, but get under authority because authority only recognizes authority. This was Unplugged. We hope this episode blessed your heart. Your host for today was Calvin Cabanda. Thanks for listening and see you on the next episode. Sela. Thank you.